Thank you all in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> to the Sunday school lesson, when I was probably about grade six or grade seven, <clears throat> I was sick in bed. I was at Willock Farms. I don't know if mom, you remember that. <clears throat> I saw an angel and I just saw the image this angel and then evaporated in the picture I looked to the other side and there was a demon on the other side of the bed the same thing I just saw it and <clears throat> I'm not sure why I wasn't that deathly sick I was just flu or something I was pretty excited about that though I went and told my mom right away <clears throat> but the thing is, I could have gone completely through life without seeing that angel, and it would have not really made much difference as far as that goes. But I'm really thankful that I did meet the Lord Jesus Christ. I wouldn't have, I mean, couldn't make it through life without <clears throat> seeing Jesus. I mean, Physically, maybe, but that was a good lesson to look at how much greater Jesus is than the angels. All right, you can turn with me to Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> read verses 1 through 8 here. I want to, for our message this morning, look at the unity of us as Christians, unity in the midst of our diversity. And reading here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. I'll just stop right there for now and uh, refer to John 3 verse 27. These gifts given to us, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. So we see we have these gifts given us from, from God. These gifts, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. And uh, we'll be looking more at that in Ephesians 4 verse 11 speaking about the different aspects of ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, 
or he that exhorteth on exhortation. And to exhort, probably all know what that means, but the word exhort means to urge or advise or warn earnestly. I think we all have the responsibility to do that. That's not probably just something that we necessarily have a gift for that. Some definitely have a gift of being able to do that better than others, but we all have the responsibility to urge and to advise and to warn, as we see. Continuing on in verse 8, He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, or we could say with liberality. Some, you know, have the gift of of being in a position of getting material things and the responsibility then is to give liberally. For he that ruleth to do it with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. <clears throat> so we see here that we as a body of Christ all have different things, gifts that we have been given. And what think about this for a while already, but just as a congregation, it's such a blessing that we have this diversity of uh, of talents, and not just talents, but also just the responsibilities that each one takes. You know, we have the school board, and those that serve on that month by month, maybe even year after year, that know what is needed to run a school, the curriculum, that they understand that, and and just dealing with teachers, hiring teachers. It's not all of us. We don't have, we could have everybody on the school board and all, but it can get cumbersome. It wouldn't be as effective, efficient, the same way with the trustees, you know, all the work that gets done and the talents that are there and fixing things and uh, making sure things are organized, meals, so forth. And just those that spend time in prayer that just, we all need to spend time in prayer, but I think some have a special gift of uh, touching God with needs that, Maybe are not seen by others. And the list just goes on. The gifts, the responsibilities, the just another one, friends, I'll probably touch on some of these again later. I didn't have a very well laid out um, whatever. But, you know, even just in the worship so far this morning, the singing, there's all of us are called to sing and we all do that and it helps to make singing good, but there are definitely some that have a gift for that, and that brings added dimension to the worship service. But we all have different gifts and different different responsibility, and I will refer to this again later, 
just because we don't have a gift for something doesn't excuse us from the responsibilities. So I'm going to interchange some of these thoughts, some of these gifts can also be referred to as responsibilities. All right. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, that all things be done unto edifying. So when we are gathered together Sunday morning in a worship service, We have different responsibilities. Some lead out in the singing, some teach the Sunday school, some bring the message. Some just have an encouraging word after the service. All of these things, though, need to be done unto edifying, to build each one up. And whenever we let our own, um, anything of ourselves enter in, I think it works against edifying or it does not edify when we maybe would think or have a feeling of pride in maybe a gift that we have been given. I don't think it can really edify anymore as much as, much as it should. All right, Acts 15, verse 32, another verse. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. There are also individuals, brothers or sisters, that have the gift of confirming people, just being an encouragement to someone to exhort them. Judas and Silas apparently were people like this, that were able with their words to encourage others. I don't know how active they were in building the church, in establishing congregations, but obviously they were able to exhort the brothers and sisters. Romans 15, verse 14. I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Are we able to admonish one another? Not sure if... how exactly we develop that gift. Probably one of the hardest things that we ever do to admonish each other. But we definitely have that responsibility. And... uh, I think... It is the goal that we all have to to be able to be an encouragement to like it says here to be filled with knowledge, full of goodness, and able also to just be an encouragement to help our brothers and sisters to be what they need to be as well. All right, I think we'll go to Ephesians four now. Ephesians 4, we'll read verses 1 through 16. Again, speaking here of the gifts of Christ. 
But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now he that, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness <clears throat> whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, they grow up into him in all things, which is the head of even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. <clears throat> now, I want to point out here that he is speaking, especially of verse 11, of the early, <clears throat> of the beginning of the church here. And uh, these things that he gave to them, I don't think he has given necessarily to all, all the church. <clears throat> these, this was given to the beginning of the church. He gave, he formed or he called apostles. And uh, apostles aren't with us anymore. I mean, there were those 12 apostles. But, and then he also gave prophets, and uh, I think that was also to, to help the early church to see how the Old Testament related to the New Testament. And there probably are prophets today, but not nearly as many as what they th what think they are, probably. And uh, then he also, at the beginning, gave evangelists and pastors and teachers. And those also we have today. We have people that have the gift of being evangelists. Of some people that are called to be pastors and some that are teachers. I'm not exactly sure the difference here. One thought was pastors probably relates more to bishops or elders and teachers more to the people that were that had the responsibility of of uh, sharing the word of Christ. <clears throat> And then uh, going on here, <clears throat> verses 14 and 15, 
again, speaking or speaking the truth in love, they grow up into all things, which is the head, even Christ. All of these responsibilities were give that were given were for the purpose of proclaiming Christ or showing others Christ, showing others the way to Christ. And verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, we could say, knit together. Of that which every joint supplieth according to the effect or the effective working of each part, of every, every member doing their share that uh, might cause growth. <clears throat> Can you go back now to Isaiah and uh, Isaiah 56 also has an interesting uh, or an inspiring picture here of of diversity of this was in the Old Testament but just the promise of the unity that God was wanting with the diverse background of people we'll just read these verses verses 3 to 8 Isaiah 56 says neither let the son of the stranger or you could say of an immigrant Neither let the son of a stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Because, sorry, neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. And the Lord God, which gathereth outcasts of Israel, saith, Yet will I gather others to him besides those that are gathered unto him. So it's a beautiful passage how that even those that weren't necessarily Jews, weren't Israelites, but if they were going to join themselves to God's people, he would bless them as much as, as any one of the Jews. And there was, going to, he was a promise of unity in this diversity. How the the degree, <clears throat> the degree to which you can love and accept the diverse nature of the body of Christ 
is the degree to which you are becoming a mature Christian that God wants you to be. And uh, with this diversity, shouldn't need to say this in our setting here, but we're not talking about the DEI of society around us today, obviously. There's much talk about diversity and we need to include everyone and we're not talking about sin of course but as pertains to people that are faithful to Christ have come to know Christ we want to have this acceptance of each other as long as there's not sin May God help us all to be growing in this maturity and to be able to rejoice in the nature of the body of Christ as unity in diversity. <clears throat> Back in the 1600s, there was a man by the name of William Lanton. He was a captain of a ship headed for the Barbados. When they were about a thousand miles off the coast, his vessel sprang a leak and was taking on water fairly fast. So the crew took refuge in their longboat and uh, not sure if, if the ship completely sank or not, but anyway, in this longboat, they had uh, quite a lot of bread, food. They weren't in danger of starving, but they had very little water hardly any fresh water. So by, um, after about 18 days of drifting, they were down to one tablespoon of water per, per man, per day. So they knew they weren't going to survive very long. They, their days were numbered. But meanwhile, on another ship, captain by the name Samuel Scarlett was having his own problems. They were... For some reason, I'm not sure what had happened, but they were running out of water. They were almost out of water. Sorry, they, had, they were running out of food, but they had lots of water. When they spotted this longboat, they rescued those people, and each party discovered that the other had what they lacked. The crew from the longboat, the first group had enough bread for all of them, at least to survive, and the other had the water that they needed. Both crews would have perished <clears throat> without the other, but together they supplied each other's need for survival. <clears throat> I think that's how it is with us in church life too, isn't it? None of us can begin to be all that God wants us to be <clears throat> until we grasp the value of interdependence. <clears throat> all of life, all of nature, all of history, and all the universe is based on the principle of interdependence. And the fact that everyone needs what someone else has and everyone has what someone else needs. Only God is totally independent and self-sufficient 
all else and everyone else is interdependent. You know, even Satan himself fell from his lofty heights because he thought of himself more highly than he ought to have thought. He thought he too could become independent and self-sufficient. And uh, he was thrown from heaven for that reason. <clears throat> because he went against God. Relative independence and self-sufficiency are virtues that all of us should cultivate. But, you know, we it's good for us to, in a sense, to be self-sufficient and independent to a certain degree. But when we strive to make them absolutes in our life, they become vices that destroy us rather than develop our potential. The only things that can bring unity among people is the movement of God's Spirit. He gives us a common faith and a common mission. What is our common mission? Some might say that it is a form or that it is, um, is to form a unified church family that worships and serves together. Is that our mission? to create a church group that works together, worships together, serves together well. I think that is our mission. It's one of our missions. Others might say that our mission is getting other people to come to church, getting people to, to attend. Others might have even a different vision of what our mission is might say that our common mission should be bringing others to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But each one of these is right and true. And uh, we all might have a little, our own thing where we might be stronger and our own places where we are weaker. We'll go now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. Read these verses from 1 to um, probably the whole chapter, actually. Diversities of gifts. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speak Speaking by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation, or we could say the display or the demonstration of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all of these worketh that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as you will. We could say the self-same spirit distributing to every man individually, as you will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. <clears throat> and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And I cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head of the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our com uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism or no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one <clears throat> member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular, and God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, third the teachers, after that, Miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show unto you a more excellent way. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 2 verse 6 says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Speaking there of verse 8 here in chapter 12. Spirit has given the word of wisdom. <clears throat> Paul addressed the diversity in the Corinthian church here because while diversity is good, the church had at this time come to be divided into factions. They weren't only divided by culture, but also by their understanding 
of what the ministry was and of the spiritual gifts. So in a letter, Paul gave the church a call for unity in the church. I think God calls us today to unity in the church as well. The key word in this passage of uh, chapter 12 here is the word diversity or different. Paul lists three things here in these verses that are different. Different gifts and different ministries and different activities. These three terms describe the working of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Each word captures that word from a slightly different perspective. The first of these different gifts or first of these are are different gifts. The gift is a blessing from God, a gracious showering of blessing on the members of the church. That blessing comes through the Holy Spirit, and that blessing is a specific gift that God gives to each one of us. And like I said before, there are a vast array of different gifts that are among us here. Some have the gift of music, some have the gift of teaching, some have the gift of working with technology, some have the gift of hospitality, others have the gift of compassion and prayer. The list goes on. You know, some have the gift of working with their hands, being able to fix things, some have the gift of making money and being able to provide material things for the for the church. Some have the gift of of sit here teaching, speaking. But like I said before, even though there are a vast number of gifts, there's also other callings that are given. So see next there are different ministries. Ministry describes services that are carried out by those using the gifts that have been given by the Holy Spirit and then also different responsibilities and uh, you know just because a person might not have a gift doesn't excuse him from the callings that are given sometimes. For instance, we think of hospitality, you know, there are some that obviously have the gift of hospitality, that a stranger walks in the door and there's connection right away. Some people just are able to draw them out. But we all have that responsibility to hospitality. We all have this responsibility for teaching in our small group here. We take turns teaching Sunday school and we all have the responsibility for prayer and compassion for singing these types of ministry are blessed by those that have specific talents and gifts but they're also blessed by those that are just busy doing then there are activities and that's guess what I was talking about here. We need to use our gifts in the ministry that God gives us to do. 
Connectivity is the power behind those gifts and the work of God through those gifts. Gifts are more than characteristics that the Spirit gives us. They are they display the power of God by working through us in different ways. These gifts give us a glimpse of God's power. When we understand that, it ends personal pride. It is not we that are able to do these things, but God's Holy Spirit working through us. And that's why even if we don't have a gift of speaking, we still can do that because it is God's work. It is the Holy Spirit working through our weakness. The gifts are not about individuals and what we want to do, but about um, promoting the work of, of Christ. God gives us our gifts <clears throat> for the common good. Some people may have more public gifts than others, but the Spirit is at work in and through every person. God has gifted you and me, and we need to use these gifts for his service, for the church, and for the good of all his people. <clears throat> One way to <clears throat> put this into practice is to ask God to show you where he can use your gifts, and then when he does, <clears throat> maybe show you something that you can do, then volunteer to serve in that area. We can also develop gifts. It's amazing some people that don't seem to have a gift for something. As they continually do that, years later you might not see them for a long time. And then you see them and you can't believe that it's actually a gift that they now have. These gifts can be developed. Our spiritual gifts enable us to complete the work God has for us to do. I'll just look at four different gifts, different areas of gifts. First one's gifts that support. Gifts like helping and leading to guide the work of the church and help to get it done. Those are gifts that support. The next one is gifts that share. Gifts such as showing mercy, hospitality, or other ways of community, communicating God's love, both inside and outside of the church family. These are gifts of sharing. Then gifts that speak. These would be gifts such as prophesying and teaching. This grounds the church in uh, God's word. You know, some have the gift of of sharing God's word in such a way that people can understand it. Then there are gifts of that supplement. These are gifts such as wisdom and knowledge and faith. And these gifts support the other gifts. We need those that are older, those that have natural wisdom, natural knowledge and faith. You know, we could have ever so much such, or such a great gift of sharing and, and communicating, but 
if there's someone that has the gift of faith to help put this into practice, it complements each other. And the Spirit works in so many different ways through the people of God to carry out the mission of God. First Corinthians, we're looking at chapter 12, verse 11. Look at that again. But all these work, sorry, but all these work with that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally or individually as he will. So let's continue to be united in our differences, in our diversity. We can't all excel in the same way. And we aren't all obviously called to the same responsibilities. But let's do our part to edify by our gifts, by our different responsibilities that we have. That everything that we do can be a, a compliment or a blessing to those around us. And uh, be thankful for the abundance of gifts among us. Just thinking as we are sharing in council service the other day there, just the diversity. There's the young among us that have, yes, they have their struggles, and they have, but they have their zeal and uh, have the energy that help to balance those that are maybe older and older have maybe the wisdom and knowledge, experience. I've seen how things have worked and maybe not worked in the past. And just as we work together, there's those that that have struggles at different times, those that are strong at different times. As we work together with all of that, we can have a church that is flourishing for the praise of God. Let's uh, kneel for prayer. Our Father in heaven, we pause to pray close of the service. We're so thankful that you have created us individually. You have given each one of us different talents, different responsibilities. And just help us to be wise enough to use whatever area you have given to us to be edifying to each other. And not just to bury our talent in the ground, but to do what we can to help our church to flourish, to take our responsibility in ministering to others around us, those outside of the faith that haven't come to knowledge of you yet. And we do what we can to help them come to you before this tonight. Just pray now that you bless our congregation, help us to continue to grow and to flourish. In Jesus' name, amen.